Hello everyone and welcome to Friends Till The End, your one-stop shop for all things Friends as we run down a classic sitcom episode by episode. I am Michael. Hey lovely. Hello Michael. How are you doing? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing alright. Nice to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome to this very special episode of Friends Till the End. It is special. Happy Friendsgiving, friends. Happy Friendsgiving. We are recording this right on the arse end of Thanksgiving, which is, uh, or as I like to call it, my pre-Christmas dinner warm-up meal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a special occasion in that regard. Unfortunately, we couldn't coincide it with a Thanksgiving episode of Friends because we don't think that far ahead when we do this show. Nope. Never have, never will. It's also another special occasion, isn't it? It is. This episode is going to be dropped um, on a Saturday, which is something that we don't normally do. We normally shoot for a, a, a Sunday or a Thursday for our releases, but we're dropping it on Saturday, the 25th of November, uh, with very good reason, because it marks the one-year anniversary of our show. Yay! Yay! We've been doing this for a year and we're only up to season three. Oh. Well, we were doing so well up until the summer. I think like we were really bashing stuff out pretty nicely. And then somebody's work schedule got in the way. It did, but if we don't if we'd stuck to just releasing one episode a week, then we would only be really just starting season 3. Yeah. You know, if you think 52 weeks, that's and there's like 24 episodes a season. Yeah, we would just be in like the first couple of weeks. But, you know, we've incorporated two episodes a week as much as possible. We do the seven podcasts in seven days to kick off a season. Yep. Um, we're not going to get the summer lull next year. So I think this time next year, you know, we could be deep into season six, season Whoa. seven. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can keep it a little bit more consistent going forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're here, even though it is, uh, you know, a, a chilly fall, autumn day. Uh, I'm sweating like a pig in the studio. Bloody roasting. Are you? Suffering from art, but anyway, that's Should we lower we the heat? Nah, we're alright. Alright. Well, we are having a couple of hot toddies. Cheers. <sighs> that's the ticket. So yeah, it's it's been a year, Elizabeth. Did you think that we would stick with it at least a year into it? Did you Yeah. Do you do you think we're gonna get to the end? Do you think that this will literally be friends till the end? I suppose it has to be. I mean we've kind of made uh, yes. that promise. No, I, I think that it will be. I do. Yeah. It's fun to do. The show is good. I mean, it's fun. And you, as as the editor, really have the one, is the one that has to take up most of their time. I just kind of drink and watch and record and... Yeah, it's fun for you. <laughs> so I guess if me. the show, what you're saying is if we don't make it to the end, it's going to be entirely my fault. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed revisiting the, season, the series one year in I think just due to the response that we've gotten and the interactions we've had on Twitter and, and nice emails and being asked to be guests on other people's podcasts it's been far more successful than we'd ever really anticipated it or hoping for it to be um, I'd kind of quietly around Christmas time I quietly set myself the goal of getting 5,000 downloads within the first year um, and I've just been tracking that throughout the year and I'm delighted to say that not only did we get that but we're actually probably closer to the 7,000 range now. That's it's awesome. really, Like in the last couple of months it's really picked up about halfway through the year we were sitting on about three, 4,000 and then it's just it's it's been picked up and yeah we, I think we've 
we've developed a very a very loyal very fun fan base and it's and it's going well yeah we're really happy with it that's great yeah and we love hearing from you and if you haven't been in touch you know even if if you haven't been in touch before, you know, at Friends Pods, just send us a wee tweet. We or send us a, a, a direct message. We love we love just um, corresponding with people. You know, some of our interactions we read out on the show, some we just kind of go back and forth on. But we just love hearing about people's favorite friends memories. So definitely get involved in the conversation. I think we're really with the we are on a break. We've really kind of hit that period of friends that everyone associates it with. You know, the first season to a certain extent, the second season are a little bit of the the dark years that no one really remembers but i think now we're going to get into a lot of those times that people really enjoy and remember mm. well so mm-hmm. um definitely definitely get involved with us if you want it's been yep. a good day yeah. yeah it's been good good so take us in michael enough of that sentimental shite let's get on with the the job at hand we've just finished watching season three episode 20 the one with the dollhouse the one with the dollhouse you enjoy that good episode yeah, I did. Yeah, it had its moments, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it first aired April the 3rd, 1997. But the question, as always, Elizabeth, remains to how many viewers on old NBC tuned in that first time. What do you think it got in terms of viewers? What was it last time? Last time round, the one with the tiny t-shirt was 23.7 million. 26. 26? I'll go 26 hat and a half. Yeah. Fine. Let's see how we get on. And the correct answer is, son of a bitch, 24.4 million. All right. They're not doing very well these days. I just feel like it fluctuates so much. Elizabeth, like 24.4 million people watching. You remember some of the others? Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, they were consistently hitting 30 for a little while in season two. But Elizabeth, I mean... The highest rated show, or like the most consistently watched show right now on American television is probably like The Walking Dead. And I think like at their peak, they were maybe bringing in about 12 million. And now they wow. like are consistently maybe bringing in like 8 million. So like... What? They're doing all right. Well, there's much... Obviously, the the layout has changed very much since the, 19, since the 1990s. Right. You know, we got Netflix and Hulu and... and uh, MySpace live streaming and all that <laughs> stuff to contend with. We open in Monica and Rachel's kitchen area. An animated skeleton is sitting on the counter. Oh, no, sorry. That's just Chandler. Oh, oh, shade. Sitting on the counter. He's talking to Joey. They're all kind of quizzing Joey about this um, this lovely lady that he's been doing a play with. It almost jumps right in in the middle of a conversation. Like You weren't sure that we had started it. Right at, you know, 0.00. We thought maybe we'd start it a little bit in. Because it really does jump in like we had been sitting there, you know, 10 minutes ago into the conversation. But yeah, they're talking about Joey's play still going on. Yep, still in the rehearsal stages. But he's really talking about, you know, he's he's got feelings for this girl. He mm. thinks about her all the time. And like, it's it's painful to think that he's with another, she's with another man. And all, and Phoebe's sort of like, yeah, good. I'm glad you're feeling some pain. Why did she say that? Because like he's treated women poorly in the past, and so I think she's just like relieved to know that he is capable of something a little bit more than that. I guess I'm wondering if he's treat if he treated them poorly, or he just didn't know any better. Like he's just a dumb, immature man. No offense. Well, it's both. <laughs> Not to you or to just men. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm sure Joey has not taken a second to consider the emotional damage that he's had from his promiscuous lifestyle, but that doesn't make it any better. Like, ignorance yeah. is not an excuse, really. Yeah. But anyway, he's he's struggling a wee bit. Poor guy. Uh, Ross comes in. He's got some bad news from Monica. Seems Aunt Sylvia's passed away. She's pumped. She's really happy. This is not a Nana dying situation where no. they're having a sweet and tender moment when all the splendor falls on Ross's head in the closet. No, no, no. This is uh, a great time for rejoicing. Yeah, she gets up. She's like, yeah, finally. She wasn't a nice person. No, I think Monica describes her as a bitch. Even still. She seems like she was a selfish, cold-hearted, kind of rude woman so it's not a big loss for monica no i don't have anyone like that in my family but i would say even the person i care the least for in my family i would not celebrate when they pass away no that's seems... just for laughs well it's not funny who's the person you care least for <laughs> uh i'm not i'm not touching that with a tan food barge Ooh. pole elizabeth her delight is doubled when she finds out that she's inheriting nana's doll's house yeah Woo! a dollhouse yeah this is a big deal for monica phoebe is very impressed she was like oh dolls had houses back in my day i just had a barrel and she was like well phoebe you can you're you can play with it you can play with my doll's house anytime you want it's funny you keep saying doll's house instead of dollhouse it's a house for dolls. I know, but it's one word. It's dollhouse. It's a doll's house. It is a house for dolls and a doll's house, but it's called a dollhouse. Well, Elizabeth, I've never had a doll's house, so I don't know the correct pronunciation. Can you just say dollhouse? Dollhouse. There you go. If there's one doll in it, it's a dollhouse. <laughs> I think we can agree on that. Sure. Great. And the episode opens with another classic, Chandler Zinger. Let's not bother to try and remember what it was, but nope. I made a note that he made another funny quip. It makes me want to go back and just watch the openings of every episode mm. from the beginning until now and seeing like what the percentage is with like it ending with Chandler just being like, sounds like my Friday night. Yeah. Or, have you met me? Or, <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Or, I don't know. Like, I just feel like so many of them begin that way. Yeah. Well, I think they're kind of relying on it at this point. Well, Matthew Perry's earning his smack money, that's for sure. Oh, man, you are tough. So the episode opens. Chandler has just been out for lunch with Rachel, which is an odd combination, I thought. Like, you never see those two just hanging out. I know. I agree. Same with Monica and Joey. They don't really go out. Yeah, I suppose you could argue, you know, they're both the two kind of, like, working professionals in the city. You know, she's in the... She's a big wheel in the fashion industry at Bloomingdale's. My mom yeah. calls it Bloomies, and he's a, a a numbers guy. Yeah. So I guess yeah, maybe it could, maybe like their offices could be close. She's like, oh, I'll meet you for lunch. That'd be nice. Yeah, cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about believable. Anyway, uh, she he like walks her up to her office. Basically, we meet Sophie, which I'm guessing is the new Mark. Now that Mark's gone. Yeah, I I feel like I've never seen them before. Those two women in her office. This is certainly the first meeting of Joanna. I think we've maybe referenced Joanna before. Okay. But yes, we see her in person for the first time. Uh, she's Rachel's boss. Chandler leaves. They have like a little moment where she's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And Chandler makes 
says something funny as he's as to he do. does yes Chandler doing what Chandler does and he leaves and Joanna she likes a wee bit of Chandler eh? yeah she thinks he's cute she kind of talks to Rachel about it mm-hmm Rachel thinking that she can maybe earn some burning points is like oh I can I can ask him out for you if you want like Rachel you are not thinking far enough ahead you are not considering Chandler's track record with women. Maybe she thought it would work out. Well, maybe. We then cut back to Monica and Rachel's apartment where Monica is showing off her huge new doll house. It's enormous. It's unreal. I mean, there's like three or four floors. It's like on her coffee table and out on her coffee table is about the height of Monica. So it yeah. must be like a good four foot coffee table, uh, four foot doll's house. And it's on like a lazy Susan too, so she can wheel it around, go from <laughs> the outside to the inside. Yeah, it's huge. I can see why she really had wanted it because it's, I mean, it's pretty beautiful. It'd probably be pretty valuable. Did you have a, a doll house as a child? Yeah, but not anything like that. No, what was yours like? It was plastic and, and it was smaller and it was probably like two floors, maybe three. Two floors, a servant's quarters. <laughs> And I just put my dolls in it. But, yeah, I just played house with it. Yeah. Yeah? You enjoy it? Yeah. From what ages did you get the best use out of your doll's house? Probably, like, I don't know, four to eight. Four to eight? Oh, wow. So you got a good few years out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I played with dolls for a long time. Cool. Nice. Phoebe arrives, excited to get to join in on the fun and games. She's brought her own toys... Including, but not limited to, a giant dog, which is like the size of the first three floors. Yep. <laughs> a giraffe with a pirate riding on its back. <laughs> and a spooky ghost. Ooh. Well, Michael, it wasn't a ghost. It was a handkerchief mm -hmm. that she was going to make the ghost. Fair enough. Um, Phoebe was about 30 seconds into playing this game when you piped up with the classic line... She's not playing right. Do you <laughs> care to... the classic line. Well, I thought it was a classic line. Why? Uh, how was she playing wrong? Well, I mean, she had all these things and she was trying to make it like really creative, which is cool. But yeah. from Monica's perspective, she's not doing it right. From Monica's perspective, Elizabeth? So, so like when I played dolls yes. in a dollhouse, yep. you know, there was like, so stereotypical. The mom and the dad uh, and the two kids and mm -hmm. the baby, you know, and there's a dog or whatever. And you just kind of like go through your day like how you would as a human. So it was sort of like a non-video game version of The Sims. Yeah. Yeah? And like you, oh no, the baby's crying. Oh, we have to bring them up into their bedroom, put them in there. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? It's, it's like, you know, when you're a little kid, you kind of mimic what you see adults do. And it's your chance to be the adult in this imaginary realm. Well, I think in this episode, you're very much Monica, and I'm very much the Phoebe, because I used to, I didn't have a doll's house, but a I, doll house. I had a Ghostbusters, like, um, fire station, like, you know how the Ghostbusters, like, work out of an old fire station? Yeah. So I had all that, I had, like, a little grate at the top where you could pour slime down and That's slime cool. people, and I had a pole that it could slide down, and I had a couple of Ghostbusters figures, but I also had some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I had a Mr. T, and I had a ton of, like, WWF figures. So I had, like, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and Big Boss Man. And you best believe that they were all coming around to help the Ghostbusters fight ghosts. 
But like, if you had gotten a dollhouse, would you just not play with it? What? Like, if you had dolls, would you incorporate them into your Ghostbusters firehouse? Or if you had a dollhouse, would you? Like, it just seems very like what, how we're talking just seems very gendered. I guess, but like, what what were your character like? You're saying, oh, the mom and the dad. Was it just a man figure and a woman? Yeah. Figure? Well, like, I don't know what. Like, you make your own that. story about them. It wasn't a wrestler. That we had a... stories. <laughs> we had stories. Hulk Hogan would wrestle Slimer. Look, I said she she's not playing right because I was thinking of the perspective of Monica, because Monica's very cut and dry. She's black and white, and her gorgeous mansion was like something you'd see in like a Victorian era. You know, there was a there was the wallpaper and the hardwood floors and the gorgeous lace tablecloths. She and... just wants a bit of Downton Abbey cosplay in her ridiculous... Honestly, yeah. And Phoebe bringing in ghosts and giraffes. Well, nobody wants a ghost in their house. Of course not, but sometimes you just have a ghost. No. Well, maybe it's Victorian house, yeah. Look, I loved having ghosts in my Ghostbuster house, of course. There was nothing but ghosts. <laughs> Getting busted all the time. Oh. Anyway... Um, we cut to the theater where Joey and Kate are rehearsing and we still have the kind of frazzled, tortured genius of the director who got a few laughs this episode. He was, he was pretty good. Yeah. And we're introduced to Kate's understudy, Lauren. She looks like a Lauren. (laughs) Why? I don't know. She also looked like she was at least 15 years younger than the principal playing that role so kate playing that role like as an understudy you should probably be in the same age range but she looks so much yeah it's a, it's quite tricky with that i suppose like, you know it would be hard to believe that different. they had been in a you know a marriage for a few years it was just they were very very different mm. looking yeah but anyway um she's a big fan of joy from his time on days of our lives yeah she was kind of working it around him she just she just goes right for it she gushes for a bit and then she asks him out for a drink and he's sort of like i don't know i'm not really sure but then he sees kate doing a kiss on the director guy and he's like you know what yeah we'll go for a drink yeah which you know you know joey's gonna be balls deep by oh my god this is a family friendly podcast you fucker okay well just remember that when we get to um a little scene later on just remember that everyone elizabeth called it a family friendly podcast anywho uh yeah so phoebe has been snubbed by monica saying you can't play with my doll's house because you're not playing with it right so she just goes ahead and it's like i'm gonna build my own doll's house with blackjack and hookers it's awesome it is pretty good she she builds her own doll's house um (laughs) it's so good i've even written a doll's house but look how you you wrote the title the one with the doll house see well yeah can i describe what her house looks like please do okay it's awesome so it's a lot of cardboard and like painted on but then there's a aroma room where she lights a candle the whole thing has kind of like christmas lights around it um it's just very inventive it's two or three stories and it's really colorful and creative and rachel and ross think it's 
awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, she's showing them all the different features of it, and they're like, whoa, cool. And then Monica's trying to pipe in saying, hey, have you guys seen my China cabinet? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Just wanting to go back to Phoebe's. It's because hers really was cool. It was creative. If Wes Anderson were to design a doll's house, dollhouse, mm-hmm. it would look a little bit yeah. like Phoebe's interpretation. Yeah. It's excellent. Which which dollhouse would you prefer to play with? <laughs> I like them both for different reasons. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think with, like, Monica's, if you are... Because, like, the big thing is... Old Aunt Sylvia, she never let Monica play with the dollhouse. Yeah. And now Monica's kind of becoming Aunt Sylvia. But like... But also, she probably looked at that thing and always wanted to play with it. Now, as an adult, she's like, look at this. This is so cool. But was it about playing with it? Or was it like about decorating with it? And was it, was it like collecting, oh, a china cabinet and stuff like that? Because my sisters had them as well. Yeah. And they did used to like go out and buy like little new pieces of furniture. and oh, like really? it's almost Yeah. It was oh. almost like trying to like construct your dream house rather than like play a game inside it although they would play oh. games as well and they would have like little do you have sylvanian families mm, don't know what it's that like is. little fuzzy rabbit things and little no. altars and stuff they had those and they would be there too no they live outside no they were but they were like <laughs> in people clothes and no, stuff that's like that. just ridiculous well now you're being a little bit prejudiced oh <laughs> No, I wouldn't collect things for it. It is what it was. You know, that's fine. And it, I just would make up different stories about the characters. That's all. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But yes, Monica is jealous of this new house because no one's paying her house any any attention anymore. Yeah. Chandler has been set up on a date with Joanna. I think we kind of glossed over that part. But Rachel has set him up and he's like, yeah, fine. I'll go out with her. No bother. He yeah. goes out on his date. He comes back and he's like... She's boring. She's dull. I did not like her. And then we immediately smash cut to Joanna talking to Rachel, being like, he was great. I loved him. When's yeah. he going to call me? When's he going to call me? So now Rachel's like caught between a rock and a hard place. Like, oh boy. Right, because this is her boss and her friend. Like, I, I wouldn't have gone... Like, I know that what she was trying to do, she thought would probably be successful for both of them. But now that's her boss. If something goes wrong, she could be blamed. She has nobody to blame but herself for doing it. I don't know why she thought it would be a good idea. She knows that Chandler is not, like, he's not really a catch. Like, he is a lot of work. Yeah. And she also knows, well, maybe I'm using hindsight here, but she knows that her boss is a pain in the ass and is a difficult person to work with. We at least see glimpses of it when Joanna talks to poor old Sophie. To be honest, those are the funniest moments in the whole episode. They're pretty great. Her delivery is excellent. We get like, who's? Joanna. Joanna. Yeah. Yeah, there's like two or three times where they're just in the office and like Sophia, this um, replacement for Mark, who's working with Rachel, is just sort of like, maybe he just is too intimidated as you as a powerful businesswoman. And she's like, oh, get your head out of my ass or something like that. Yeah. You're good. The plight of poor Sophie. Is it Sophie or Sophia? Sophie. Okay. And it's Joanna. Not Joanne. Okay. Yes. So anyway, yeah, um, she likes him. He doesn't like her. Where will this lead? Joey, we then cut to another rehearsal. Joey is not doing his best work on stage there. Well, the rehearsal process looks a little shaky. He's like... We have a lot more set pieces, though, in this episode. Oh, do tell. Yeah, they have rugs and tables and chairs. But they have to share this really intimate moment. And they have to... You know, we're kind of like fighting, but kissing, and it's just not working for the director. And he basically says something like, 
you need to commit to this role. You need to commit to this scene and this moment. And he wasn't feeling that at all, and he's getting really frustrated with them. I think... No, I'm no stage actor, so I don't know. I'm only guessing. But I think in this scene, Matt LeBlanc was doing a good job of pretending to be someone who is not committing very well to a scene. Because, like, we open, and his head, his hands are, like, he's got her head in his hands, and he's like, please, baby, don't go. And I'm just like, Joy, you're not going to reach the punters in the back row with that kind of emoting. Oh, like he wasn't projecting enough? He wasn't. It, I just didn't believe it. And I think... That was Matt LeBlanc, one of the greatest actors of the 21st century, doing Yikes. <laughs> his portrayal of a bad actor. And I think that was very good. I can't tell if you're being serious. No, I do think he was... Look, no, of course he's not one of the best actors of the 21st century. No. But he, I think he was doing a good job of putting in a bad performance. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't... I didn't notice, to be honest, oh, either okay. way. I wasn't really looking at it. Well, I think I've got more of an eye for that sort of thing. Uh, than... Probably, yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't really understand any about it, anything. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, so they feel that. I think Kate and Joey get that the scene's just not coming across. Mm-hmm. So they kind of start talking about it. You know, the director's like, ah, oh, whatever. He storms off. Yeah, he storms off. and They decide to stay and work late. Yep. So they kind of talk about what could make it better. So they're saying, you know, why don't, you know, maybe if you if if you grabbed onto me more forcefully and kind of lifted me up, and then it starts to get a little hot and they're getting into bothered. it. And then he's like, "Yeah," and then I could stick my tongue down your throat. And she's like, "Yeah," and then I can rip your shirt off. And it mm-hmm. just goes on and on and on about a progression of you know like sexual fantasies essentially. Cut to it was very arousing. Cut to Michael's aroused, and cut to them just finishing up a. Sexual encounter. Postcoito, I believe, is the, the term that we prefer on this family-friendly show. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so then they're just sort of like, oh, yeah, just like that. Yeah, like, is that something you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, there they're it is. They're talking about bringing the heat, and then they bring the heat. They do bring the heat, yes. And Joey's on cloud nine. We see him the next morning. He's hugging Monica, and he's hugging Ross. And he talks about how he stayed up all night watching her sleep. God, he must be so tired. Yeah, he did. He looked fresh <laughs> as a daisy for someone doing that. I like how that's the first thing I think about. God, mm. he must be exhausted. Elsewhere, Rachel is pestering Chandler. Um, basically, he had finished. <coughs> Their date had ended with him saying, oh, I'll give you a call. And now she's like, you need to call her. And he's like, no, that's just something you say. And then again, we cut to Joanna kind of obsessing. She's sort of like, did he call yet? Did he call yet? Did he call yet? And yeah, it's getting rough on Rachel. Rachel's like, well, maybe he won't call. And so she starts to like take out on Rachel, basically. She's mm-hmm. blaming Rachel. Yeah. So then Rachel really feels the pressure. And she's like, you're going to have to take her out on another date. And you're going to have to be very clear that you're not going to call her again. Right. You know, just say, you know, think you're really enjoying our time together. But... um you know, this isn't really working for me or whatever. Is that the best course of action? Like, if he'd waited, like, another three, four days, she surely would have just... It's just, I feel like Rachel couldn't deal with it anymore. So she's like, just take her out, tell her the truth, so I can get back to my life at work, essentially, you know? But taking her on a second date is worse than not calling her. Because that gives her hope. I guess if he knows that for sure he doesn't, he's not interested in her, then yeah, it is worse. Because it does give her hope. But I think that was just Rachel's easy solution to be like, get her off of my ass. Was he in the wrong to say I'll call you? Mm, 
I don't think so. No? Is that something you just say? Yeah, I guess. I think that people, it's just kind of one of those, like, you know, um, front door conversations. Yeah, yeah, you just had a great time. Yeah, me too. Okay, yeah. Like, I'll talk to you soon. I'll go if you call. Like, it's just one well, of those. Well, I'll talk to you soon is um, a lot less vague than I'll call you. Like, yeah, I feel like but... if, if I, I feel like if I went on a date with someone and I had no real intention of seeing them again, I think I would just be like, oh, see you again, hopefully. Or, you know. Even that's hopeful, though. Right. See you again, hopefully. It's not very... Because then that's like, oh, okay, well, then why don't I just call him yeah. up tomorrow and ask if he wants to go out this weekend, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Been away from the dating game. I certainly wouldn't say I'll call you if... I did not want to see them again. I think that it was just all Chandler knew. Yeah, I guess so. It's all they had. They didn't have Facebook back then. They didn't have texting. Like, you know, it's either call you or, you know, come up to your office again and see you there. Right. So he's now being forced to take her out again. Ross goes around to Monica and Rachel's place, just walks on in, lets himself in. Yeah, Monica's in the shower. Monica's in the shower. He sees that Phoebe's house is on fire. He tries to put it out with a glass of water. It doesn't help. So he picks it up and carries it into the shower where Monica is. Which is horrific. Is it? Isn't that bad? Well, like, she doesn't know he's coming in. She's naked in the shower. And I know, like, his one glass of water didn't do anything. So we thought, oh, all of this water will help. But, like, at least knock and just say, I have to come in. There's something on fire. Like, you know, cover yourself or whatever. Grab a towel. Like, just... Like, you guys are siblings. It's just weird. But also, did Monica set it afire? This is what you said. You were like, I bet Monica did it. And um, I can see why you would think that based on, like, how things had gone before. But I don't think she did. I thought it was going to be this big thing. That she had done it accidentally. Yeah. Got into the shower and been like, I guess whatever happens, happens. Well, they don't follow that thread, so I don't no. think they did. But I think also, you know, it's a cardboard box. There is an aroma room. There's, like, Christmas tree lights attached to yeah. it. Like, I don't know. And it's not on fire when Ross comes in. Like, Ross comes in and then it catches fire. Yeah. So okay. I, th- I, th- I think, like, you can't really blame Monica for it. But, yeah, you, they, they definitely could have gone that way. So he rushes in. He rushes in, um, and, you know, and then we cut to the smoldering remains. Considering this is a family show, we get a pretty inappropriate shower massager joke from Monica. What the <laughs> fuck? What is... I, 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 I... They have taken it to a new level of creepiness. No, 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 no. The bar was set when, like, they did, like, a blowjob joke. No, this this was the new level. You think, uh, like, hinting at masturbation is worse than hinting at a blowjob? It's not hinting at masturbation. It's the fact that Ross was there seeing his <laughs> naked sister. And they're adults. It's one thing if you're a kid. But, like, so she's saying, oh, yeah. So I'm glad we put that fire out. Uh, by the way, I was just testing out that massager shower massager it's like okay so obviously yes she was masturbating whatever cool great good for you but like it's just creepy that she would even mention that to her brother and like i know it's for the laugh but like just stop it it makes me feel so weird it didn't really happen i know and but they're it, not really brother and sister i know but you know what i mean the writer thought that was a good thing to throw yeah. in elsewhere uh we have joy coming in back to the the, uh, the, uh, the theater where they're rehearsing and he's like hey Kate 
I told Lauren to hit the bricks and she's like, she gives him the cold shoulder basically. She's just like, I'm not going to tell my guy and it's not going to happen again. She didn't really seem like it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, so, you know, I told her we're not going to hang out anymore. And she's like, well, why would you do that? What for? Yeah. He's like, well, because what happened? She's like, okay, what happened? So to her, it was just like, I'm doing this for the role. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, she just got carried away. She's got mm. an attraction to Joey. I think she did it for her character. No, she didn't. That is my take she on it. She likes him, but she doesn't want to admit she likes him because she thinks that she's above him. He's just like a lowly soap opera actor and she doesn't want to fall for like a doofus like that. She doesn't want to admit she has feelings for him. I don't think she has feelings for him. I think that, yeah, she might be attracted to him, but she did it for her character just to get that no scene better. No way. Well, that is my take that, on it. Jesus Christ. What? That's a committing to the part. Yeah. All right. What's wrong with that? I do it all the time. Good for you. <laughs> Phoebe comes home and sees the charred remains of her house. She is upset. Uh, one of her finger puppets is dead yeah. or something like that. Poor Phoebe. Poor Phoebe. And that that kind of just ends the arc. She's yep. just kind of bummed <laughs> out about her house burning down. And Monica, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the rest of the seven series where that four foot doll's house is just in the middle of the living room it kind of gets in the way a little bit but that's where we are now okay yeah i thought that there would be something like you did this on purpose or whatever but you know ross kind of points it out like i think the source of the fire was right here in the aroma room but like there's that that is the end like i'm looking at my notes now there's no bit later where monica's like you can come play in my doll's house and bring all your characters or there's no nope. we'll build you another one it's Michael just wins. it's just like sorry phoebe you had a barrel to play with as a kid and now as an adult you get nothing poor phoebe i guess she's tough though she can take it chandler goes on a second date again he start like one of the things he complains about about joanna is she has like mascara gloop oh, in the God, corner of her so eye gross. yeah because like you know how, like, in the middle of your eye, like, if you get sand in your eyes, what they say, overnight? Mm-hmm. It, like, your mascara can combine there. Like, if you get, you know, wearing eyeliner mascara. Because your eye tries to, like, get rid of stuff and it collects there. Why does it happen to everyone? Maybe she just isn't as observant about it. Or maybe she puts on a lot, yeah, you know, that your eye just can't handle. So they go on the second date. He brings her back to the office. Again, it's just sort of like, great, thanks for... Thanks for lunch. And then there's just like awkward pauses. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And she's like, bye. And then there's more awkward pauses. And then he's just like, I'll give you a call. Yep, that's his cop out. Um, And then he goes to leave. And Rachel basically beats him up and is like, no. Go back and do it properly. So she sort of forces him to come clean. And he's like, I'm not going to call you. Um, I'm sorry. It's I'm just not going to call you. And she's like, well, I admire your honesty. Thank you. And then... There's a pause again, and he goes, I'll give you a call. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, Jenna. He didn't learn anything, did he? I guess not. And that wraps it up to the end credits. We have Joey in his apartment calling around all the ladies that he has hurt with his promiscuous ways. He's just sort of calling around and being like, I'm sorry that I was so cavalier with your feelings. I, too, now know how that feels, so I'm just sorry. And then the big joke is, like, he calls, he goes to call one woman, and, like, her mother answers, and the girl's not in, and he's like, well, seeing as I have you on the phone, I have something I need to say to you, too. Like, ah, Joey, you shagger, you. What a player. I guess so. 
Although for the past three seasons, we have not really seen him like sleep nope. around that much. No, it's it's very much a talk about, but don't really see very much of. It's probably just implied. You maybe know? it's just like all off. talk. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe mm. this isn't. Maybe Joey's just a big bullshitter. He's like that guy in high school. Is like, yeah, I shagged fifteen birds at the weekend. Yeah, and that was the one with the dollhouse. Very good. Yes. What was written down? I thought it was good. It was a good episode. I like when Chandler gets some more screen time. Yeah. I mean, I really like Chandler as a character. I like I like Phoebe. I like Chandler. I like I like them all for different reasons. Ross can suck a fuck, but you know. Yeah, yeah, and and Joey has like not just an episode storyline. He's got like an an arc now. He's yeah, got his he play does. And he's right. got his feelings for Kate, and will they? Won't they? It's turning into a real. Ross and Rachel, Rachel relationship. You know what's kind of weird? I still think Chandler's real cute. I know you, you criticize his looks. I still think I like it. I don't criticize his looks. I'm worried about the boy. He needs to eat a, a fucking sandwich or something. It's he an addiction, Michael. He does not look well. No. But we know it has a happy ending at least. Well, it's 2017. He's still doing good. So He's still doing just That's fine. That's 20 years. Indeed. 20 years from when this episode aired. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. So what do we have next? I don't fucking know. All right, good. Oh my god. It's time. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Wait, what? For a while. What? Okay, so the next episode, I want you to remain calm. Oh no, does it spoil something in the title? It does a wee bit. Would you prefer that I don't... No, I want to know. I want to know. Oh, I don't know now, actually. Maybe it's better that you, you don't You said know. remain calm. Does something happen to Phoebe? Is she okay? Okay. Everyone listening, I think it's better if Elizabeth doesn't know. So, Elizabeth, you're going to cover your ears, and no! I'm just going to say into the microphone very quickly. Cover your ears. Fine. So the next episode is called The One with the Chick and the Duck, which we all know what that's about. Elizabeth doesn't, and Elizabeth loves little cute animals, so she's going to have a hell of a time with this. Okay, you're good. All right. Okay. Um, all I'll say is you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Does Phoebe come to my house and we're nope, friends forever? Nope, 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 nope. But you're you're going to be happy with it. Well, I think we just have to watch it immediately now. Well, okay. I'm fine with that. All right. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week's episode of Friends Till the End with Michael and Elizabeth. Thank you all so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for listening uh, for the last year that we've been doing this. If you've been involved with us since the, the very beginning, we love and appreciate everyone that has uh, been in touch and listened and recommended and just joined in the conversation uh, if you want to do that as we go into our second year of recording at friends pod on twitter is probably the best way to do that but we um do have a friends till the end pod at gmail.com where you can send us an email check out uh, friends till the end dot podomatic dot com which is our website which has lots of awesome artwork from arthur hamer um, and yeah, please just to help us reach a larger audience by telling a friend and recommending us by word of mouth. On top of all that, there's one final thing that I would like to plug this weekend. This episode is going to be released on November 25th, our one year anniversary, and which is a Saturday. Um, and starting Saturday, going into the Sunday, and then the week after on the 2nd and 3rd, if you're interested, if you live in the sort of Massachusetts, Brockton, Boston area... I would push you in the direction, and I'm doing this because I know Elizabeth won't, in the direction of the Massasoit Theatre Company. They're putting on a lovely wee festive production of It's a Wonderful Life. 
featuring our very own Elizabeth. Oh, Michael, what are you doing? Yeah, well, you've been working hard on it. Yeah, you're going to be in a show. Uh, if you live in that area and you want to see the star of this podcast up there <laughs> shining on the stage. Just like Joey. Go do it. Is it, is it the Massasoit Theatre? Is that what it's called? Yeah. So it is Saturday the 25th of November and Saturday the 2nd of December at 8 p.m. And it's also Sunday the 26th of November and Sunday the 3rd of December at 3 p.m. So if you want to get involved, I think there's tickets for all those shows. It's going to be great. It's a, you know, it's a fantastic story. It's a festive treat. And uh, What a shameless plug, Michael. Look, I did not ask him to do this. This is what you have a podcast for. And God knows if I ever have something worth plugging, I might plug it one day oh. on this show as well. All right. So yeah, check that out. Definitely. It'll be good. I'll be there for a couple of the shows. Um, you know, I don't know how you would recognize... Well, you'd recognize me from our artwork from Arthur Hamer. If you see someone that looks like that smiley person in front of Central Park, just come over and say hi. I'm the redhead. She's the one on stage playing Mary Hatch. All right, Elizabeth. Michael. Best of luck with that show. Thank you. We're going to go watch the next episode. Mary, you intrigued Might as well. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.